Welcome to Agent of Wealth Podcast with Mark Boudis from Boudis Financial. In this podcast, Mark helps small business owners and retirees overcome the multiple wealth planning challenges involved in your financial life. We do this by creating comprehensive wealth management plans to guide you towards financial freedom, ensure you never run out of money, and help create a balance in life that prioritizes what is most important to you. Join us for this journey as Mark draws from years of expertise and guest experts to solve the multiple wealth planning issues involved in your financial life. Hello and welcome to the Agent of Wealth with Mark Boutis of Boutis Financial. Today, Mark has a special guest in studio, and that is Maria Diaz. So without further ado, I'm going to hand it over to Mark. Let's get going. Okay, so on today's show, we have a, a special guest with us. We have Maria Diaz. Maria is a professional organizer and the founder and owner of Order and Ease. So welcome, Maria, to the show. Thank you, Mark, for having me. So I guess we can start off to tell us a little bit about what you do as a professional organizer. Absolutely. So, you know, it's our mission to help people go from chaos to calm. You know, we help them regain control um, and basically have that time and space to to focus on the things that matter most to them. So I love helping people find better ways to cherish and honor memories of special people in their lives instead of keeping them stored away in boxes in the attic or um, finding ways of letting go of what no longer serves them and, um, you know, making them feel good about releasing those things. Okay. So, yeah, we are obviously a financial podcast. And one might be thinking, well, what does organization have to do with finances? And actually, I think it has to do a lot with it. And really on the show, I wanted to cover a couple of things, how organization correlates to finances. And the first is just how it improves your your life and allows your you know mind to think freely about. But can you go over some of the benefits of really what organizing, decluttering, all that brings to someone? Oh, absolutely. So, you know, Clutter affects your health, and I don't think people really realize that as much. Clearly, you know, it's stressful, right? So there was actually a study in, I believe it was the Personality and Social Psychological uh, Psychological Bulletin. Um, those with cluttered homes, unfinished projects, things like that, were more depressed. They're more fatigued. There were higher levels of cortisol, which is a stress hormone, than people who describe their homes as more restful or or restorative. So it, it can it can affect you that way. It also it affects your brain. Basically, those that have that chaotic kind of cluttered home, they it limits your brain's ability to process information. You become distracted easier. You're unable to process information as well. You get frustrated easily. So even when you're trying to organize, let's say you're looking at your finances for your taxes, for instance, for the year, you know you're going to get frustrated if not everything's in order. So that's just an example. You tend to just get that anxiety up in your body. And that's just with with things like that, with things like paper. Paper's a huge one. Like people just call me and they're like, I have stacks of paper everywhere. I don't know what to do. So that's a big one. And it's also um, psychological. You're looking at this clutter around you. And even if you're not paying attention to it, you're like, I'll get to it later. It's in your brain. It's sitting there. It's like the stimuli and your brain's like, I have something to do. I have something to do. I have something to do. So you can't always fully relax. And you mentioned paper and an organization. Mm-hmm. I one of the things I promote as you know financial advisor is how important organization is, whether that's going from paper to digital. But I remember a couple of months ago, I had someone come in and, and you know tout the organization that we helped them with. And they brought in three bins of over decades worth of paper that, that we had to organize. So yeah, it, and like you mentioned, it it's a stress reliever, you know, knowing where where your stuff is in your house is is important. How do you start a process? So let's say someone comes and says, "I need help organizing." What what do you do to to be, even begin that? Because 
I guess you could be looking at years and years of buildup of, of, of a mess. And so how do you come in and where do you start? And and that's it a lot. You know, I always say clutter happens. I don't want anybody to feel embarrassed or anything like that because it happens to everybody on, on one level or other. Some people are very good at kind of hiding it away, but, you know, when nobody's home, there's all these things that they have to get to or your closet's completely filled with things and you don't even know what's in there. Sometimes it is many years of, of, of things or you end up inheriting things from other people. Then there's like the guilt factor of what you've held on to. How do I get rid of this? How do I possibly get rid of this? So-and-so gave this to me and I never use it, but there's also a lot of maybes and some days that people hang on to. And by that, I mean, well, I don't want to throw this out. I don't want to waste it. I might use it someday. So they hold on to it, not realizing that it's taking up space in their home. And that's real estate. You know, that's, that's expensive, you know, real estate that you have in your house. So what I like to do is whenever anybody calls me, I the first thing I have them do for me is just give me a tour of the home or give me a tour of the area um, so I could see where their their problems are, what their storage areas are like now, um, what maybe they don't see that I see that um, could be something that we can work on. I see things a little differently sometimes than they might. So that way I could point out where we could start first and how we can begin to tackle the process. It can be very overwhelming. I break it down. If you look at something in its entirety, it's going to be something you feel you can't tackle. If we break it down to smaller projects, for example, it's something that then they're like, oh, I didn't realize. And they don't realize how much I can get through in, in, a, in a, my session either. By the time the session ends, I usually hear, oh, I didn't think we were going to get through that, or I can't believe we got that much done. Do you, do you see people having more success if they do it in smaller projects over, a, let's say, a longer period of time? Or is it better to just rip the Band-Aid off and let's go full blast at, at getting this, this place organized? It really depends on the person. There's no one way that helps everybody. So when I meet with you, I like to see what your personality is, how you like to do things. I love seeing, like, show me what you feel is your most organized spot in the house. And it could just be your your purse. It could just be, you know, um, one drawer that you've organized. I want to see how you feel that's organized and why you feel that way. And then we work on how you like to work. Because again, not everybody works the same way. Yeah, I could definitely see that. But what, oh, do you see a lot of, I guess, resistance when you say, okay, is there a certain, like, if someone hasn't used something for, is it six months, a year, five years, that they're probably not going to use it? There are some rules that people go by. Like right. they kind of say, if you haven't used it in a year, you know, get rid of it. You know, it's funny. Sometimes it's a trigger. It's like an emotional trigger. And I'll give you an example. I had a woman, she was very sweet and we're going through her house and she's like, I can't let go of this. And we, she's like, I'm ready. You know, cause they always say they're ready. I'm ready to let go. I'm ready to move on. Then we start working and sometimes they're like, nope, not, nope, can't, nope, can't let go of that either. Nope. And I, finally just sat with her and we talked about it and she realized it was things that she didn't want to let her mother down who had passed away. So we started talking through the whys, why we're holding on to these things. And then it was, let's find a way for you. So for her, it was, she didn't want to feel like she was wasting it. So I said, you're not using it. So it is being wasted by sitting here. How about we find someone who can use it. And she felt better about that. So we were finding ways. So it was used. So for some people, it's that. For other people, it's just they feel they're throwing away their, for instance, their parent, if they're throwing right. away their parents' things. And is it also, I guess, on the, let's say they spent money on something. They don't, mm-hmm. now they realize they're not using it, but still they don't want to be wasteful or they don't want to to throw something out that they just emotionally can't 
can't fathom. I spent money on this and now I'm I'm getting rid of it. And that's a huge one. That really is a huge one. Sometimes it's let's find ways to use it then. It's, you're not going to use it if it's in a box in your attic. So um, we bring it downstairs or we put it somewhere. Um, for instance, uh, even exhibiting uh, things that maybe somebody got you, you know, or or just that you bought and you've never used. Okay, well, let's use it now then. You know, I didn't realize this was up here. Okay, so let's put it to use. And let's say something can't be used. What are the options? I guess donating, selling, are you seeing one people do more of one than the other, or is it kind of a combination of both? It can be a combo. Usually it's donating. A lot of times, and I, and I think you know this, it, there are tax benefits to donating. So um, people feel better about that, especially if it's going to be out of your house and it's out of your hair and, and, and it's fine. The other thing is, and this is something I always say, this item served its purpose to you. If you've used it, if it's done what it's had to do, it's okay to let it go. It's done what it's had to do. So let's see if it could do that for someone else. You know, so donating is a huge one, especially the ones that come to your house and pick it up for you. I mean, that's that's great. And you don't have to really worry as much about it. And as far as selling, can you can you look at something and say, OK, this might have value and, and be able to be sold? Yes. And then I also go through the 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 headaches that can come from selling things and it might not be worth selling. You know, right. let's let's look at how much this is worth, how much of your time to right. sell it. And if that's worth it to you. And if it is, then, you know, we'll talk about it. But most of the time it's 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 not. It's people hold on to things and it's more emotional value sure. than monetary value. I had an attic full of toys, old toys from when the kids were growing up kind of thing. And I had a, a collector friend of mine come and look at it because they'll come in and evaluate it for you. And he tried to explain to them what was worth things, what weren't, if it's in the box, if it's mint, it's going to be worth more than if it's just out and about and how much it was actually worth versus how much they thought it was worth. And really the space in the attic was worth a lot more than the items in it. Now, I guess there are particular areas of a house that, I guess, build up over over time. Is it usually starting with the basement, with the garage, with the playroom, with bedrooms? Where where does where do people want to get organized? Um, closets. Closets. Um, it begins there. Um, once closets get filled up, and I, you might have heard me say this before, but once closets get filled up, it goes to the basement. If basements get filled up, maybe the attic, then it goes to the garage. Um, but maybe people who live in apartments, you know, it, it's closets, it's places where they have, they have limited storage. And then after that, people are going for storage units. I mean, that's a $30 billion industry in this country. If, wherever you look, you're seeing another storage unit, you know, being built because people don't have the room. They have more stuff than they have room for. There was an LA Times article. I want to say it was 2011, maybe. The average American household has 300,000 items in it, wow. you know. So there, there's a big movement for minimalism because people just have too much stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I also wanted to talk a little bit about how you helped me out in, in my garage. And it, I was only there maybe five years and just the amount of stuff that overtook the garage couldn't even, you know, we tried setting up path, couldn't even walk through it. But I think your your process was great in that how you separated it into different stations. And I think that really helped with the organization. But also going forward, it was easy for me. Anytime I saw anything, I could just automatically know, okay, this goes to this part of the the garage. And I think we did like sports equipment, lawn, you know, outside equipment, uh, decorations. And there was, we had bins with, you know, where we were storing clothing and really having that organization in terms of breaking it up made it easy, easy for us. So uh, that was definitely benefit of it. Yes. I do like working in zones. Like you said, like I had different zones in your garage and, and it helped you because it was clear. Yeah. It was something that it was easy. If it's not easy for you to put it away, you're not going to put it right. away. So if I make it to the point where it's simple for you to, it's kind of like kindergarten, 
remember being in kindergarten yeah, yeah. and everybody had their bin and everybody yeah. had their color coded <laughs> areas. It was easy. You knew where to hang your jacket. You knew where to sit down. It, it's it's really, it's just kind of making it easy for your brain to go, oh, that goes over there. It's fine. Yeah, Otherwise, so, you're just going to leave it right by the door. I'm a big proponent of simplicity. So mm-hmm. keeping things simple and knowing where everything should go, it, it definitely, definitely helps. The The other area I wanted to, to transition to is organization for the elderly. Yeah. And I think that that's, you know, with the, they call it the silver tsunami, which is the aging of the, the baby boomers. But, and I think you can, we can look at this, the organization from a, from a couple of different perspectives. But the first is, you know, some seniors as they age, they may go into assisted living, may go into nursing homes, but also a lot want to stay in, in their place, but they've had 40 to 50 years of living there, accumulating stuff. And, you know, how does that decluttering process work for someone who's maybe aging and needs or wants to stay in their home? Okay. I just want to talk about a couple of different things leading up to that. You know, clutter affects your health in many different ways. And I've seen it when I go to, first of all, I love, love helping um, the elderly. They're just, I just have a soft spot for it, but you know, clutter affects your diet. So this is something if they're living on on their own, they're not eating very well. A lot of them aren't, you know, even my friend's parents, they yelled at us to eat well, and yet they're not doing it now. And they're, you know, they're like, I know how to take care of myself. And, and why do I say this? Because, you know, it overwhelms your brain, this clutter around you. You're most likely to start using coping mechanisms. So people start either overeating or seeking comfort foods or just kind of, you know, there's an overconsumption of, of, of food that has been linked to that overconsumption of stuff in our lives. Mm-hmm. Also, respiratory issues. If there's more clutter, you know, it, it seems to go hand in hand. There's going to be more dust. So this has been amplifying um, breathing issues in the elderly as well, in just in, in everybody, right. but just something to to think about that there's these dust mites, these microscopic organisms, and they trigger allergy and asthma attacks. So, sure. I mean, if you think about it on that level alone. Now, what I've found, and, and it's really a concern, is the you know, as people start getting older, they can't necessarily put things back where they came from. So like they get something out of the closet. They're not going to be able to reach back up on the shelf to put it back up there. Right. They're not going to be able to go down to the basement to put it away again. So it starts kind of accumulating in their living areas. And these are things that are, that are now on the floor, in the hallway, in the doorways, in the entryways to their bedrooms. It starts blocking things and entryways get blocked. And to me, that's that very scary. If there's like some sort of fire, you need to evacuate quickly. You can't. Now there's things blocking the doors, the hallways. When firemen have to go into the home, it's harder to find you. When ambulance, for instance, has to go in, how hard is it to get to you? These things are also fire hazards. And just to be able to walk through your home clearly. Recently, I had a home where it was a daughter had called me for her parents because she was very concerned. They're in their 80s. They're using walkers in the house. They're using yeah. you know canes to get around. And there were hazards all over the floor. It was tripping. You know, it was, how do you, how do I know that you're going to be safe when I'm not here, mom? Yeah. You know, and, and that's, that's a big concern. That's a lot of stress, even for the child, you know, adult child. I, how do I, how do I better take care of you? Yeah. I think I saw a stat recently that said half of all seniors uh, age 80 or over fall at least once a year. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely the cluttering. And those are the broken hips and yeah. those are the surgeries and those are, and those things are scary. I mean, there's hurdles, you know, it's like you're, you, you want to eliminate those. And, and it's more devastating when you have a fall, when you're older. I had a woman who called me, made an appointment 
And she's like, I, I need help. I have clutter. She acknowledged it. She's like, I, I have health issues and I, I'm getting to the point where I can't take care of myself and I need help to get these things out. The day of the appointment, I didn't hear from her. I called her to confirm. Didn't hear from her. I didn't go. I left her a message. I said, call me because I'm thinking, what happened? I followed up a few days later. Still hadn't heard back. The following week, she called me and she's like, you know, thank you so much for, for calling me. I just, I had fallen yeah. in my house and I was on the floor for 12 hours. And nobody heard me. She's like, so I ended up in the hospital and that's why you didn't hear from me for several days. But that's a real life situation. And that happened, you know, and, and it's something where she didn't have the help. She didn't have the family members around to check on her and 12 hours. Yeah. yeah. Do you see that kind of the normal where, uh, you know, a senior citizen or someone may come and say, I need help? Or do you see it a lot of times it's spurred by the ch- the children of the, the parent? The children. I find that more adult children are calling me either that or they're saying my parents are trying to give me everything in their house and I don't (laughs) want it. They're saving things that I know that no one else is going to use and and they need help now. I want them to live more comfortably. I'm concerned about them. They're they're still living alone and it's a safety concern. I don't want them living that way. I hear that a lot. Also downsizing when they're looking to, they know that they're going to be moving to, for instance, an assisted living or a smaller place and they have a lifetime, 30, 40 years yeah. worth of things in this home that I get that too. So some usually that then it's then it's the person calling me, not their children. And is it have that dynamic of having children involved, having the elderly parent involved? I'm sure that can create, I guess you kind of are in the middle of it where you're working with the trying to maybe calm the children down from being so aggressive with pushing their parents and, and then mm-hmm. vice versa, trying to motivate the parent because I'm sure they resist where they have attachments to their to their stuff. Right? Absolutely. And that, that too, it just can be very emotional. The whole process can be emotional um, for anybody. But um, when it involves multiple family members, I like to sit everybody down if I can and talk to them and see what they're going through. One-on-one, I like to sit with them too, just to see where they are so it's not in front of the other person. Sometimes they just don't want to say something that's going to hurt, be hurtful. So they don't say anything at all and then they hold it in. So it's it's a lot of talking sometimes through it. Sure. And even as we go through... I'd like to be very clear about what the process is going to be that day. Let's just work on this small area, you know, and, and start here because sometimes again, it's, it's what's going to be overwhelming and what's not going to be. Let's just start with your medicine cabinet, just, start, just there. And sometimes once they get started, everything else becomes easier. Mm-hmm. And let's, let's look at the scenario where someone is moving to an assisted living or, or a nursing home. They probably should start this before they, I mean, because I'm sure this is can be a lengthy process, but I guess it would be, is it as soon as someone's thinking or they know they're going to move? What When should they engage engage you in this? If they know they're going to move, if they know it's happening, it's a good time to start thinking about it, start working on it if you can. One of the easiest things to do is if you have things in your home that belong to other people, set a deadline. Mm-hmm. You know, your cousin left this here five years ago just because he was moving and now it's still sitting here. You know, call him up. Be like, hey, you have to the end of the month or else it's going to the vets. Like, give them that deadline because that's really the easiest way to start. Or if you have, you know, your kids left your home, but they still have a lot of items that they left behind. If they've been okay without living for with those items for like five, 10 years, then you know what? Let's have that conversation of either you come and get it or it's got to go. That's really where you could start. Yeah. And is it the same process as if you're working with the same process for working with the elderly as if you were working with with anyone else in terms of we're just going to go through everything we're going to decide whether we're keeping it which 
maybe hard if they're moving from 2,000 square feet to 1,000 or even even less in assisted living or, or nursing home, donating it, throwing it out, giving it to someone, are those pretty much the options we're looking at? Those are the options. Um, however, you know, again, everybody's different and emotionally where you're at can be different. So it, it just really, I love sitting down and talking to people, just talking to them, just to see where they're at, because that's where it really begins. Some people are ready. I had one woman ready. She's like, you know what? I'm much more comfortable in a smaller space. I don't have to worry about shoveling, you know, mowing the lawn, any of those things. She's like, so she was happy to kind of just be able to let go. Other people, not so much. I've been living here 30, 40 years. I don't want to let go of these things. These are where all my memories are, and they're resistant to moving. So it depends on the situation of where that particular person is, and each process is different. What are any tips for getting started, even whether it's the tip is geared towards the, the child who may want to help their parent out or the parent who getting them to realize, okay, this is definitely something that, that we should be doing? Take the path of least resistance. Find an area of the home that maybe not be as emotionally charged for them. Start there. Really, even if you're just going through kitchen cabinets, getting rid of food that's expired, medicine cabinets are huge. Just get rid of any medications, anything like that. People tend to hold on to things a little too long. Things like that that might not be as emotional as, let's say, family heirlooms or gifts or things like that. So it's a little bit easier that way, where there's dates on it, where you can say, look, mom, you know, this, this expired in 2011. We can let this go. That's a little bit easier. One, one thing I, I heard that may, you know, we all have attachments to, to things. And for the elderly, one thing I heard which may help is if they have something, they just have an emotional attachment. They can't bring with them to where they're going is if they give it to their child and have the child put it out. And then, you know, when they visit their children, it's kind of the children honoring that that memory and, of it. Yes. Or um, sometimes it's creating something else with it, create um a coffee table book with all the pictures of those things in it, so that that way that's something they can look at while they're in the home, in their new home, and they're, you know they're like reflecting back. It's kind of like a photo album. There are places where you can take a, a big one, and this might not necessarily be is children's crafts from when they were little. People still hold on to those. You can take pictures of those and create a table, you know, a coffee table book with that. You can give things away, but it's also keeping the essence of that memory more than just every item for that. So let's say it was a trip. It's the essence of that trip. Maybe it's just one picture from that trip that really makes you bring out that happy memory. If it's anything that brings out some sort of negative energy, some sort of um, bad memory, those are the things you want to let go of. Okay. And on the on the decluttering side, do you help at all with, does it make, make sense to look at the furniture and whether something should be reorganized to you know, just provide a easier way of, of living for the for the elderly. Absolutely. Um, a lot of times too, it's it's what is easier for you to work with. Is this too tall for you? Is it easier now for you to have something that's a little lower in your home? Can we repurpose this item instead of? I, I love repurposing. I love trying to find just better ways of using the things that you already have instead of going out and spending more money. But maybe we can do things where we can make things a little more comfortable for you. Move the furniture around so it's easier for you. Those kind of things because it's 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 important for you to feel comfortable. Yeah. And working with the elderly, is it similar to kind of how you came in and worked with me where you kind of just said, okay, here's what we're tackling and here's how we're going to. I know in my case, we, we organized via zones, maybe a little bit different when someone's moving, mm -hmm. but is it similar to how we basically put things in piles and said, okay, this we're donating. We're going to have the veterans come and pick this. You know, we'll schedule a pickup. This we're throwing out. We know bulk trash day is 
this time. Mm -hmm. And then this, we are going to, you know, this pile, we're going to actually put back into the zones that, that we did it. Right. A little bit different when when they're moving When out. they're moving, it's packing them now. Right. Now it's okay. like, okay, this is going to go in your living room in your new home. This is going to go in your <clears> kitchen <throat> in your new home. Um, you know, what what do you use? What haven't you used? Let's keep the things that you use the most, your favorites, you know, and make sure that's clearly labeled so that when they get to their new home, that's kind of where they go first. Like mm -hmm. these are the things that they immediately need. It's about that comfort and making it easy for them to move in and out. So everything's labeled, everything is, is just more clearly marked for them. We also can help on the other side too and just kind of unpacking and putting everything in, in places that's easier for them. But again, it's it's just more about making it easier. Yeah, and so you'll actually help with, with them packing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, we go in and I we do that as well. We'll go in and physically pack for them. Sometimes people just either don't have the time or they don't have the energy. Like recently we had someone who was downsizing. She was actually born in that house. Yeah. Born, grew up, married, everything. Her husband had passed away. It was just her now. And she acknowledged that she was better off in, in this condo that she decided to move to and would be more comfortable there. But was going through a lot of the things that were memories of her since she was little. So it was deciding what to go through. And in her case, she wanted a little more time. So she did get a storage unit. And she said, I promise it's only temporary. And I, I'm putting it on myself to do it by this date. Right. She set a time limit. Because she wanted to just go through some things. The, the place that she found, it went quickly. Like the, the sale of the house went faster than she thought. Sure. And she called me. She's like, you know, literally the, the closing's happening like in three weeks. So <laughs> we did a lot of a lot of quick packing for her. But everything was very clearly labeled. This is what you need to go through. This is where this came from. This came from this closet in this room. So she would know as she was looking through like, oh, this was in my spare bedroom right. or this was wherever. Okay. So. Great. So we're just out of time. Thank you so much for being on. How best can people connect with you? Well, I, we do have a website, www.orderandease.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just look up Order and Ease and you will find us. Great. Also, Thanks. you can call us. Let me just give you my number, 201-463-7726, and we'll be happy to help you. Great. Thank you, Maria. No problem. Thank you, Mark. Yes. Thank you, Mark, for bringing Maria on. This was a great podcast. Uh, I learned a ton. I'm sure that the audience did too. I appreciate the fact that you gave out the number at the end. I'm going to do that one more time. To get a hold of Maria, her number is 201-463-7726. And if you'd like to get a hold of Mark at Bowdus Financial, his number is 862-205-5000. And reach out to him and he can put you in contact with her or just talk to you about organizing your finances, just like your your house could be organized. Your financial house needs to be organized just as much. And I want to thank you for listening to the Agent of Wealth podcast with Mark Bowdus. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Mark comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. And let's be honest, we all know somebody in our family, it might be me, I'm not going to say that out loud, that needs a little bit of organization. So this is a great one to share. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Bowdus Financial, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Agent of Wealth podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Bowdus Financial. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment and financial planning.